Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Luke 22, verse 39. Are you ready? Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives. And he was as, was as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. I want you to say that. Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and he prayed, verse 42, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Verse 43, then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he rose up from prayer, and he'd come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Everybody say, why do you sleep? Why do you sleep? And read that last part. Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Father, thank you for what you're going to do right now. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Again, we do have uh, notes for you as is our custom, and I believe they've, those have already been poured out. There's two gardens in Scripture, uh, two very significant, important gardens in Scripture. One is the Garden of Eden, and the other one is the Garden of Gethsemane. It's in these two gardens that all history really uh, uh, has been affected by, or revolves around, if I can say it that way. In Eden, Adam and Eve were in a perfect world. What kind of world was it? perfect. It was a perfect world, and yet they yielded to sin. They sinned in a perfect world. So somebody said, well, if my circumstances were different, then I wouldn't be able, you know, I wouldn't be in this bondage. I wouldn't be in this sin. I wouldn't be yielding as much. Well, that's not the case with them. And then in Gethsemane, Jesus was in an imperfect world, a fallen world, facing death, and yet he didn't sin. Both gardens, the temptation was the same. In both of these gardens, Eden and Gethsemane, the temptation was the same. What was the temptation? The temptation was to disobey. The temptation was to disobey. The level of disobedience, very, very different. Adam and Eve, they spoke to the devil. You don't ever want to talk to the devil. He's a liar, so, you know, it's just... He said, well, then I, I, I'm just not going to talk to my husband then. No, you got it all wrong. I'd be like... Your husband's not the devil, okay? He's like, no, my mother-in-law, I ain't going to talk to my mother-in-law. No, stop, stop. You need a healing. Get better, not bitter. Everybody say that. Get better. I mean, if you get better, that changes everything. Don't get bitter. So they, Adam and Eve, well, Eve, she spoke to the devil. The irony of it all, the devil lying to her, to them, trying to convince them that God was holding something back and said that the Lord knows when you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that you'll be like him. But the truth is, they already were like him. And, and so he, he, he lies. That lie that you don't have what you need, that I don't have what I need, that lie comes to every single one of us. Listen to me very closely. 
The idea, the thought that you don't have what you need is a lie from the devil. And if you give in to that, then you're going to set yourself up for temptation. You're going to set yourself up for sin. That lie that we don't have what we need motivates the economy. It motivates people. It, it motivates political parties. That lie that you don't have what you need will set you up for temptation. That's why contentment, you know, the Psalms talk about that. And, and the Apostle Paul talked about it. Contentment, godly contentment. He said, what does that mean? It's about you, you be thankful for what you have. Now, listen, that doesn't mean you don't pray and believe and fast and pray. We're contending for that building without content. Look, we're thankful and give me my mountain. There, there's a, there's, a, there's a, 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 an understanding there of contending. Gethsemane, different than Eden. Gethsemane, the, Jesus was tempted to do, if you, if you, please don't hear me wrong, to do his will. Now, when I say his will, I mean in his humanity. What's, what was motivating Jesus, he's fully God, fully man, but in his humanity, God put this thing inside of all of us called self-preservation. Fight or flight syndrome. I don't know if you've ever been, you know, in danger, but I mean, it's incredible how much energy and how much, you know, unction comes upon you to get out of danger. I remember driving not all that long ago with my wife. And uh, she said, you're giving me adrenaline squirts. That's uh, the fear that comes because of perhaps maybe a little bit too aggressive driving given the road conditions. And the fight or flight kicks in for her. Amen. The funny thing is the same thing happens for me at times when she drives. Hallelujah. I said at times. At times. Let's have a praise break all across this place. Hallelujah. <laughs> Listen, the mortuary's down the street. If you can't have fun in church, man, there's something wrong. I'm trying to help you overcoming temptation. And so Jesus in Gethsemane had the temptation of self-preservation. He knew he's about to die. And that, that temptation to yield to that and not do the Father's will was very real. And it was there. All right, insights on how we can live victorious. Now, we're doing this series, doing this series on this triumphant life, living the triumphant life. God wants you. His plan for you is to live in victory all of the days of your life and that you would never lose, ever. It's not that you're not going to be in battles. You're going to be in them, but you overcome. You win. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, says, These things happen to them as examples. I believe this is the NIV. And were written down as warnings on whom the fulfillment of the ages have come. Verse 12. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. So leave that scripture up. What does that mean? That means that when you're in a temptation, there's been someone else that's gone through it too. Come on, all of, of time past in the history of humanity, whatever you're fighting against, struggling against, that temptation, someone else has gone through it before. And, and in actual fact, Jesus was ex experienced temptation on all points. 
and was able to overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, why was that significant? Because if he could do it by, by the Spirit, then you can. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Verse 14. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way so that you can endure it. Uh, one version says he provides a way of escape. He provides a way of escape. Come on, someone say escape. All right, escape. That's, that's how I spell it. I just say escape, and I can spell escape, right? When you're going through difficulty, look for the escape hatch. It's somewhere. When you're going through something and you're being really tempted to do the wrong thing, there's always a way out. There's, come on, there's always a parachute. There's always an ejection seat. What this is saying, very simply, is that God is saying, listen, I've written the scriptures and given you examples of those who failed. There's examples of those who failed. So that you don't have, so that you don't have to. Come on, someone say, I don't have to fail. You don't have to fail. You don't have to yield to that temptation. You can overcome and live the victorious life. It's God's plan for you. It's not God's plan for you to be in bondage. It's not God's plan for you to be addicted. It's not God's plan for you to be sick and worn down and, and, and living in lack. It's not God's plan for you to be bitter. It's not God's plan for you to be angry and resentful. It is God's plan for you to have victory, not give in to a pity party. Listen, if you start crying about all the things that are bad in your life, man, that's a sorry party to be at. Oh, God. Oh, stop. Stop. You can overcome. Come on, someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. All right, so let's, let's, let's look at this. He prayed. Jesus prayed. I mean, that's, that's, that's amazing. What is prayer? What is prayer? You say, well, prayer is talking to God. No, it isn't. Not, not, that's a partial answer. Of course, that's a partial answer, talking to God. Yeah, that would be... A, that would be a partial answer. Somebody said, well, it's, it's God talking to me. I think that is also a partial answer. So prayer, God, we, I'm talking to God, God's talking to me. I, I think those are also partial answers. What I think would be a more of a complete answer would to say this, that prayer is communion with God. And I was thinking about this, and, uh, you know, Adam and Eve, if they had talked to God, they, if they had talked to God about the ugly one, then I don't think they would have had a problem, but they didn't. I was thinking about prayer and, you know, praying without ceasing. And it's been taught that, you know, prayer is, is this posture you take and you pray, you pray, you talk to God, you intercede or you stand in the gap. And that, that standing in the gap is Christian terminology, uh, scriptural terminology, where there's a hole in the wall, you stand in the middle of where the hole is and you fight back the enemy on behalf of the city, on behalf of your family, on behalf of your marriage, on behalf of your kids, standing in the gap. For the longest time, I thought that prayer, you know, prayer was me praying in my prayer language and, and me, in, you know, declaring or proclaiming and interceding, and it certainly can be. And it is. I mean, that is prayer. But communion is a better picture. It's me walking with them. And talking with him. Yes, I, I get up. I come to morning prayer. Yes, I have times of prayer where I set aside. I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, on my phone. I'm not distracted. I'm, I'm, I'm praying. I'm talking to God. I'm allowing him to talk to me. One of my favorite times of prayer is Sunday morning. When I wait, just before I wake up, I have an alarm that's set just in case. 
but I'm up before my alarm all the time. All the time I'm up and I turn my alarm off. And that time when I'm lying there and I see things, I see people's faces and the Lord speaks to me stuff. And then I, I check, you still want me to share this thing on temptation this morning? Yes, but there's some other things I want to do. Okay, great. And I, and, and I, I just, it's like, it's the most exciting thing. Now, I'm, Pastor Karen is usually purring next to me. She doesn't snore. She purrs. Something like that. It's beautiful. I'm not roaring in my prayer language line. That would be rude. She's getting her beauty rest. And she's resting next to me. I'm up early. Or if it's in the middle of the night. I'm, I'm usually not roaring in tongues in the middle of the night. Now there are occasions where I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to walk the floor. I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to get my breakthrough. Other occasions where I've had to say it's time to wake up. It's been a long time, so that's happened. We wake up and pray together and contend together. There are those times. But when I'm sitting there and I'm talking with him, with the Lord, is that prayer? Yes, it's communion. I said communion. It's abiding with him. It's walking with him. I got like three amens. But I can tell online, you guys are just hooping and hollering. Yes, communion. It's, there's an interaction with God. An awareness that the more time I spend with God, the more I know His will. And the more time I spend with Him, the more I become like Him. You ever been in those meetings where God's Spirit is poured out and, and you just want to hug everybody? You know, He's like, oh, I love you, man. Hey, hey, oh, I love you, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just kind of like overwhelmed. It's the love of God's touched you. That's when you spend time in His presence, you become like Him. Some of you are so mean. It's because you probably don't have much communion with God. When I came in here well, running a little bit late. I needed a little communion. As some of my staff knows. Amen. We're going right, to have communion right now, which is a perfect picture. Well, not now, but I mean in a second. It's a picture of what real communion is. It's. It's abiding. It's him being in us and us in him. And it's, it's, it's cultivating that. Again, Adam and Eve, they had talked to God about what the serpent said. I don't think they would have fallen. Hey, God, there's this really unusual looking thing. It's like a snake kind of thing. And he was telling us that you were holding things back. And so we were wondering is it okay now to eat from that tree? Are you hiding some? Oh, that ugly Lucifer. And I think, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's just a thought. Look at verse 40, 42. Father, if it's your will, take this cup away from me. He yielded to, uh, he yielded to his will and he, he did not yield to his will. I think we got a typo there. He did not yield to his will. He yielded to the will of the Father. He yielded to the will of the Father. You know what the key of overcoming temptation is? One, realize that God makes a way of escape and that no temptation sees you except that which is common to man. Look for the escape. Look for the escape hedge. And uh, pray. Have communion with God. And then don't yield your will. Don't yield your will to the, to the temptation. Yield your will to God's. Now, here's the thing. We're not bots. 
They're called bots now. So did you know that there's these, they're robots, bots, that you can set up on your phone and they'll post for you on Instagram, they'll post for you, they'll take care of uh, certain, you set it up, it's a program, and you can set times and dates of when you're going to post, and you can stack that thing so that it can be posting at the same time every day, pictures that you rack up for a whole month, you could lose your phone and it would still be posting. And, and those that are trying to get more likers and more influence use bots because they're better than human beings in regularity and consistency, and they cause people's... How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you... You're, you're here. Just raise your hand. All right. How many of you are going to come in a little bit later? You'll be coming in. <laughs> so you're not a bot. Come on, someone say, I'm not a robot. No, you're not a robot. You have a choice. You have a will. Somebody say, well, if it's the Lord's will, let it be done. Well, praise the Lord. But, you know, there's a lot of wills in here. I mean, I I was a couple hundred people here right now in the 9 o'clock service. So, you know, how many wills are here? A couple hundred. You have a will. I have a will. How many of you know God has a will? God has a will. How many of you know we don't always do His will? Okay, so it's not just, well, you know, it must have been just the Lord's will. What? How do you, listen, if it's the Lord's will, you will know because it'll line up with Scripture. It'll have the promises of God behind it. It'll be clearly, clearly God's will. Life, victory, blessing, God's will. The, Satan has a will. How many of you know Satan has a will? There's, there's three different wills that you have in your life. Your will, Satan's will, and the will of God. You have to, you have to yield to God's will. It's not, you're not a robot. Adam and Eve could have just been made into robots. You know, the, 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 the deist would say that God made creation and just twisted him. A deist would believe that God made creation, twisted and winded. I wound a clock this morning. It's a 14-day movement that really only works for 10 days. But I like it, and I'll tell you why I like it. Because it's not automated. It doesn't have any batteries. It doesn't depend on anything. There can be, a, there can be an EMP that could drop, and my clock's going to work. And I just like winding it. It reminds me of a bygone era. It reminds me of a lot of things. And it blesses me. And I wind that thing. And that's what the deists would think, that, they, that, that God, yeah, he exists. And he made creation like a clock. And he wound that thing up. And he lets it go. And he watches far off. He's like, well, I wonder what's going to happen with that. That's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is that he's intimately involved in creation and that he's still involved in creation and yet he gave you a free will. Somebody said, well, if God's all-powerful and God's love, then why are there people dying of coronavirus? Has anybody ever heard that foolish question? I was going to call it stupid. Actually, Pastor Karen stepped out of the room, so I'm going to call it stupid. Anybody ever heard that stupid question before? You know, why is there evil if God's good? Can't he just, you know, can't there just be love? No, here's the thing. Love is not in a vacuum. That's why Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my, my word. You can't say you love God. There's a threefold acid test for who's a Christian. And it's, it's right doctrine. It's, it's obeying God's word. And it's loving people. Now, just get this comes from 1 John. It's a threefold acid test on who's a Christian. So let me just get this straight. If you've got to know God's word, and that we're all in process of that. Come on, somebody say yes. You, you've got to obey God's word. 
You have to obey his word. God has a prescribed way of loving him. His prescribed way is to obey his word. So if you say you love God, but you clearly don't obey his word, then you don't love God. You love God on your own terms. And Romans 1 talks about that. And then loving people, 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 people. Yeah, loving people. If you love God, you love people. You love him. You love his word. You obey his word. So are you getting anything out of this right now? Come on, God's going to help you to overcome temptation. And, and all, all the enemy wants to do is get you to yield to his temptation. He's a bad devil. He'll, he'll dangle the carrot out. And then you grab it, and then he backs away and says, Look what you did! You took the carrot! He's just such a wicked, ugly bugger. He is. He's wicked, and he's ugly. There's a choice. In the Garden of Eden, there was a choice because you're not a bot. Love is not in a vacuum. I mean, how insane would it be? I've used this illustration, but it's been a long time. How insane would it be that if I was a bachelor, I was single, I was lonely, I went and picked up the latest, you know, Barbie doll, the kind that you pull a string out the back, and I could bring that home, and every time you pull the string, it would tell me how much it loved me. I love you. Oh, thank you, Lord. I love, how insane is that? Listen, you, you choose to love God. You, nobody makes you love God. You choose to love him. It's a choice to overcome temptation, really. I mean, not my will, but yours be done. It, he's really talking about having a choice. We're, we're, we're not a robot. God gave us a choice. In all his tremendous power, he gave us the ability to choose See, that's why there's a, a judgment. You'll stand before him, as will I. And we will give an account for our lives individually. And the, the, by the very fact that there's a judgment seat of the believer, that every one of us will give an account, is an indication that you can actually overcome and you can live for him. You missed a great place to say amen. In order to love God, it's a choice. And our will has been affected by evil, so in doing our own will, we, have, we will bend even to Satan's will. And I don't know if you've seen that in your own life. Let me describe that. Um, I've talked about generational sin and iniquity, curses and blessings not long ago. And in that, discussed for a moment about the propensity we have to sin, not just because of a fallen human nature, but even because of the patterns of sin that were in our families. Please listen. I'm going to say something you might not have heard before. So if your father did certain things or had a pattern of sin, now somebody said, well, that's, that, that's not a curse. No, if you do things that, that bring a curse, then it then actually it can, be, it can be a curse. And so if your father or your mother do a certain have a certain way of behaving or even soulish issues that are patterned on you, then you can end up having a propensity or a bent towards that. I'm not, I'm not getting through, so I'm going to go a little bit, little bit more since it's only 9.59. Hallelujah. Years ago, I was listening to a story of a man who got free from drug addiction. He was a speedballer. That's cocaine and heroin mixed together. 
and uh, was wildly addicted and had lived that life. And he grew up in a home that had the same kind of thing, alcoholism, constant drama. I mean, constant upset, constant drama all the time. Then when he got free, uh, he, he, he got off of drugs. He got clean for a number of months. I think it was about five months, six months. And he said to the man that was helping him, it's a sponsor, said to him, man, I, I, I'm, I'm clean, but I feel like I'm going out of my mind. I, I, it's just like, I don't know. Everything's crazy. I just, everything's so boring and something's wrong. I know something's wrong. And the sponsor with wisdom said, here's what I want you to do. Now, he lived in the inner city of New York and on a five-story brownstone. How many of you know what a brownstone is? All right, and there wasn't an elevator. You took the stairs, so five stories. He says, what I want you to do is what the sponsor told him, go and take your TV. Now, that was when they had, like, TVs with tubes. So take your TV, and I want you to do it at night. Unplug your TV. I want you to put it on your shoulder and take that TV and leave your apartment, sneak down the hallway with the TV. Go all the way down the hall, then go down the stairs and sneak down out into the lobby of your brownstone. Open the door, get out onto the front of the brownstone, look both ways. Then I want you to go out into the alleyway and I want you to run as many times as you can with that TV in your hand. So he's like, what? Yeah, I want you to do it tonight. He's like, all right. So he, he does it. He gets the TV. He goes down the stairs. He goes down to the brownstone. I think it was in Brooklyn. <laughs> goes, out, goes out into the alleyway and sprints up and down the alleyway until he can't breathe anymore. He's like, uh, 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 and he puts the thing down. He's like, whoo, yeah. And then, so he, he calls his, his sponsor afterwards. says, man, I just feel invigorated. He says, yeah, because you're addicted. You're addicted to drama. You've had it all in your life, so you don't even know what it is to be peaceful and calm. He said, you, you need to be healed and delivered. Some of you are addicted to trauma. And you'll just create things. You'll create problems. You, 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 <laughs> am I getting through to anybody? I had to be set free from that. I, anybody else? Don't raise your hand. I had to be set free from drama. I mean, if things weren't like having problems, it was just, I, I am allergic to drama now. So some of you create that out of your, your own soul, and you need to be healed. And, and that's a bent that the enemy's put on you. All right, this passage gives us hope. Look, verse 43. So he prays, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Verse 43, then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. If you, here's one of the ways that you'll overcome temptation, all right? Have a prayer life, commune with God. Secondly, do his will. Make a choice to do his will, not yours. Now, that, that requires you understanding what his will is, which comes from his word and comes from discipleship and the leading of the Spirit. But when you pray, God will give you supernatural help. Now, I could give you so many illustrations about how God came through for me. Angels showed up. I mean, unbelievable stories of how God showed up. Uh, I have a chapter in my book called The Angel and the Dodge Dart. 
I was, uh, you'll love this, Chris. Uh, I was in Wilshire Boulevard in Los Angeles, California. And uh, I was in a world of trouble. And that's all I'll say about that. And I had a lot of people praying for me. And I was in this place, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the park, but it was near this park. And it all went bad, and I had some people trying to kill me. So I'm running down Wilshire Boulevard, and, I, and they're catching me, which is never good. People trying to kill you, when they start to catch you, that's bad. They're just, I remember my shirt, just, just getting my shirt. And time stopped. As I cried out to God, I was like, Jesus! A car pulled up next to me, time stopped, and there was an Asian man driving a Dodge Dart, 1970-something green. He looked at me and spoke to me without opening his mouth. That was my experience. This is my memory. What he said is, go ahead and get on the hood of the car, and I'm going to take you to safety. I got on the hood of the car, and I remember, I'll never forget the moment of putting my face down on the hood of that Dodge Dart. I fell asleep. That was my experience. I just remember coming to, and I'm standing next to the car, and this man says to me, God bless you. I said, well, God bless you. And he started driving off. Now, I look to where we had come from, and I'm in a completely different neighborhood of Los Angeles. Completely different. Beautiful houses all around. And I thought, what? I look back, and the car is gone. And I thought, whoa, what was that? I believe it was an angel. Now, that's just one story. I have dozens. That when you pray, God will send you supernatural help. An angel came. Come on, when you pray, God will send you supernatural help. You know, there's angels looking in on this service right now. They're dispatched for our benefit to help us. Time and time again, we, they come to minister to us, and many times we're not even aware of it. And It's probably good. We'd be freaked out. God's speaking to us very simply this morning. We will all face temptation, and just as the disciples were tempted, they were called to pray, they were tempted to fall asleep, and they, they did. Just as we all face temptations, the disciples were called to pray. We're called to pray. God's speaking to you today, right now. Can you not tarry with me one hour? I think it's a word to the church. I think it's a word to us individually. I think it's a word to the nation. You know, a, a, a man wrote a book, the, 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 power of, the Power of an Hour or something. It's a great prayer book. And there's a lot of books out there on prayer. I was encouraged to find that prayer is communion. It's not just me yelling, although I, I do that too. In Matthew and Mark, you see that Jesus took the inner three to join him in prayer. It's Peter, James, and John. They, they, he, he rebukes them. He, they fall asleep. He scolds them with the words, Could you not pray with me one hour? And I feel like the Lord's saying that to us. That phrase rings out to the body of Christ right now. You see, if you're in prayer, if you're in communion with God, you will not yield to the temptation that you've yielded to before if you're in prayer. 
And, and then there's this picture of accountability too, which I, you know, I didn't really go into. But the problem is the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And we must all see life as fulfilling God's will. See your life as fulfilling God's will. God's will. That might include making lots of money. That might include that. It might include being married. But it might, it might not. You know what success is, is in the end hearing well done, good and faithful servant. Success is having what God says you can have, doing what God says you can do, and being who God says you can be. See your life as fulfilling God's will. What is your will? I, I love that Dr. Morocco, my, my pastor, our global leader, he, we would say, he would say this to me. I remember we were, we were going to move to Kauai and take the church of Kauai. And I had some concerns, some deep concerns. I had a yes in my spirit, but at the same time, I had some real concerns that could possibly be a no. So I'm, I'm weighing this thing and I'm praying. And finally, it gets to this point where I just, I, if, if this certain thing didn't change, then it would be an indication to me that it's not God's will. So I, went, I remember talking to Doc. I could tell you where I'm standing. Right there in the parking lot, right outside his blue door, Maui, Hawaii. And so I told him everything. He said, oh, Daniel. Puts his arm around me and says, all we want is God's will. Let's just pray. If it's not God, don't worry about it. We'll move on with it. I thought, oh, oh that's encouraging. Oh. Oh. All you want is God's will. But temptation will come to pull you off track and get you messed up. Be a person of prayer. Choose to do the will of God. You've got to will to do the will of God. I had a message I preached not long ago on that, will to do the will of God. You can look it up on KC Alaska or on our YouTube channel. Prayer, communion, spending time with him, choosing, choosing God's plan. And when you pray, God will send you supernatural help. You know, I was talking to my wife, um, um, I was talking to Pastor Karen, I, was, I think it was last week, maybe the week before, I had a conscious awareness of being carried by the prayers of the saints. Like literally, I felt supernatural power all around me. I was struggling within my, you know what it, I know what it was, I remember. It was my day off. I, I made such a big deal about Thursday that I was under temptation. I yielded. So listen, I'm not tempted to go out and do some heinous act. Those things are long gone. The temptation for me is different now. Temptation has been, which I yielded to and I repented of, so it's all good. But I violated kingdom principles. I had no day off for about six or seven weeks. And I shared that last week. You know what happened? Thursday, I've shifted my day off to Thursday. Thursday came, and I, I, I got into Thursday. I started doing some work. I was immediately convicted because I had made myself accountable to you and to those who I'm accountable with. And, and I prayed, God help me. I'm not going to do this anymore. And I said it from the pulpit. And, and then I, I, I stopped. And I later on that day, I felt this covering supernatural blessing to rest and what it was, was my staff, because they know that when I'm not rested, it's not good around here. And I believe it was y'all praying for me that I would just not, let pastor not be in sin. God, help him not sin <laughs> to take a day off. And those are temptations for me. I was able to rest. I was felt myself carried by prayer. 
Listen, prayer is, makes all the difference in the world. And some of you don't have a consistent prayer life. Yeah, you're blessed with food and, and you pray now and lay me down to sleep. I pray to your Lord a soul to keep and if I die before I wake up, that's not going to help you right now. <laughs> Communion with God so that you can overcome temptation, so that you can see the plan of God. See your life as fulfilling the will of God. Can you say amen? Put your hands together for Jesus all across this place. Ushers, would you help us? We're going to go ahead. If you could prepare communion, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God and you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to him, don't turn off this broadcast. Don't leave this place without being reconciled to him. You've got to choose him. You've got to believe on him. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, won't you do it again? And, and together, all together today, we're going we're gonna to pray and affirm our faith. But maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to do that for the first time. Or secondly, you want to recommit your life to the Lord because you drifted you, you, you're not as on fire. You're not where you should be. You got compromised. If you love me, the Lord says, and you'll obey my word. So you want to recommit. Or thirdly, you just want to be assured of your salvation all across this place. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. You want to recommit or you just want to be sure. Those online, those here in Montana, California, Oklahoma, Minnesota, Florida, Alaska, all around the world, those listening even at a later day, examine your heart. Are you right with God? Give your life to Christ. Help him. He'll help you, pardon me, to overcome temptation and to fulfill his will. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. Temptation will pull you out of that and mess you up. We all face it. You got to learn to overcome. Want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time? Want to make a recommitment? want to just be sure all across this place you say, that's me, Pastor. Wonderful. And pray this prayer right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my heart and be my Lord and be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.